Did you get recognized much at, from your content? A lot. A bunch. Okay. That's cool. Yes. That's got to feel nice. Very, very much so. You know, I guess, let me say this. If there was an interesting uh, perspective, it's that I think this. I was expecting to go into an environment where, uh, unlike street performing, I was expecting an audience that was going to be super receptive to what I had to offer. You know, in, a, in the street, and particularly in New Orleans, quite often, uh, you have to clamor for every moment of attention, takes every power in the toolkit to keep people watching you. So I was looking forward to going to the fair where this wouldn't be a problem and I could just have lollygaggers enjoying my art. It turned out to be quite challenging, even more so than what I'm used to. And I'm actually they're guys. They do magic. They are the magic guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> Winning of internet Ooh. magic. Hey guys, welcome to episode 98. Oh my God, 98 of the Magic Guys. I'm Josh Lombito. That over there is Doug Kahn. And he's back from the State Fair, from Louisiana, right? Louisiana. I'm back from there. I made it. I survived. <sighs> I'm home. I'm in the I'm in the magic magic cave. What's up? You're you're back to where you where you feel most comfortable to create and, and be in your in your lair. Here's, yeah, I'm back to where it's easy to be soft <clears throat> in this room of magic I've built. My illusion yeah. of magic reality. I mean, over the years, yeah, you've really built it out to be... I mean, is it what you imagined back in the day? Like, you, you basically have a magic store in your house where, you know, because you're using all these different items in your videos and it's, it's just that people don't have to buy them. You just, they view them. It's all like at arm's reach. I'm, re I'm like in the Willy Wonka <laughs> of magic. Yeah, exactly. Except, uh, yeah. It's good. It's good. And uh, you'll notice uh, we're missing Jason again. <laughs> so He's back <clears throat> working for the Federale doing his cruise ship. Yeah, I can't believe it. So like this is, we haven't, we were just talking about this, that we haven't, this is our first podcast in like three weeks. And it's because all of our schedules have just been insane. Like Doug's, Doug's been away, which we're going to hear about. Um, Jason, you know, was on the cruise ships before, um, but then he went to Japan right after that. And then I've been traveling, doing events, and we literally just haven't all been here to do it. It's crazy. And then uh, even trying to make today work, you know, Doug's still decompressing from his time away. And now Jason's gone off again on cruise ships. Um, and so it's just... This time of year particularly is just insane anyway, but... Um, this is my life. Uh, 45 minutes ago, I'm in there cooking up some pasta. Josh is like, all right, Doug, you ready to go? And I'm like, not at all. It's tomorrow. <laughs> no. yeah. And Josh is like, no, it's today in 45 minutes. And I'm like, well, uh, the time changed here too, but let's yeah, roll yeah. because we're semi-professional in this room. Yeah, we can, you know, we can make stuff happen. We can bring things together. It's good to see everyone in the chat as well as always. Uh, Absolutely. Dooley, Dooley, he's on tour, so I'm surprised the World uh, Festival of Magic in New Zealand. So I'm I'm surprised you're able to get on here, bro. Thank you, thanks for being here. Uh, and Mr. Uh, Dooley, Bob Possible, yeah, Noah, Noah, Howdy, Scotty, Scotty P. I like it, and uh, yeah, the OGs basically, the OGs. So yeah, so I mean, look, is it uh, is it too early to start this <laughs> this topic? I don't know. 
Well, you put it on the thumbnail about what I've been doing. I, I, why don't we uh, yeah. start about what what have you been doing? Only because I feel like pivoting it that way. Yeah, because you know. Yeah, you've been doing Josh Norbita. What has your professional life been like? Since we last talked, I have been able to put up two vlogs, which I was super happy about, unrelated to actually working. Felt good. I think I think seeing uh, Jace get into the spirit of it and doing his vlogs in Japan, just right. I was like, and it just so happened that I just filmed the first content of vlog when I went to content when I went to Melbourne. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. So I quickly edited it and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do another one instead of just maybe waiting another month or so to do one. But, uh, man, I guess that's a good point, too. Like, what did in the comments, too, what did you guys think of Jason's vlogs? I mean, personally, I thought they were great. I would look forward to sitting down to have breakfast to, like, watch this six minutes of what he's been up to. I'm like, um, over here, I have the most shame. I haven't watched either of your content <laughs> in weeks. I'm none of it. Look, I mean, I don't, I don't blame you. Don't, I don't blame you. But no, so you, you haven't seen take any this of personal at all. Like the only content I've been watching is how to play Marvel Snap. At the end of the day, at the end of spending eight hours on the fair, fairgrounds, I'd go back to the hotel room and hide in a my mobile uh, game of choice, Marvel Snap, instead of being productive or consuming my friends' content. I see. So you haven't seen any of Jason's Japan vlogs or anyone's content at all. Gotcha. So, yeah. No, it, you, sh you should, you should check it out just I to know see. I should. I know it's solid. I know. I know I'd enjoy it. Mm, okay. Well, there you go. At least, you know, Hey, but I hope no what? one takes it personal. You're in good no. company with the rest of the internet. I didn't look at, I tried to no, watch right. one movie. I didn't even finish that. What, what the reason I bring it up is because uh, he did Casey Neistat's uh, vlog course on his oh, online yeah, right. course he put up. And you can really see it being put into action where he's doing consistent B-roll in between scenes of him actually sitting the camera sure. down to like walk Look. past in the street and that kind of stuff. It's um, his storytelling has gotten, has gotten way better anyway. And also he's got the fancy camera and he's using the, the 360 in some of the like walking scenes. So it looks yes, like someone's that's where it's gonna shine. from behind. That's where yeah. it's going to shine the best, the B-roll and uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, Bob, look. Answering look the you. comments. Th thank you, Bob. Yeah. Thank look, you. <laughs> it, Jason's a beast. Yes, Bob. Yeah. Didn't play one game of Hearthstone. That's the situation. How about that? Marvel wow. Snap. It's the best game on mobile. Wow. It's Marvel characters in a card game. We love it all. That's crazy. Let's all well, that's let's how, all geek out on Marvel Snap instead of talking about magic tonight. It's yeah. cards, so it's semi-related. I'm gonna write it down. Marvel Snap. I'm gonna look into it for sure. Oh, Jesus, these cards are slippery. <laughs> oh, they are. These are the double foil cards. They're unusual. They're like uh, double stamp. So you got the regular stamping, then they come Ooh. and stamp it again. Focus, focus. Let me go down here. Let me. That's just what they look like. They just look blurred in real life. No, it's it's. This is the iPhone, old reliable. Ooh. So. They're double stamped, holographic. But the thing is, they're double stamped, so they're a little thicker, and they do not handle the same. Like you, they're a little chunky mm. sometimes, you know. And certainly, these are brand new. Like 
hardly used, so they're super slippery. And were they gifted to you, Doug? No, I paid for you? these. I'm like a rube. This is my mm. thing this week. I'm a rube. Look at this coffee <laughs> cup I got from the from the thing. Look at this pizza. It's can you see the blur on this? That is not yeah. the camera. When I bought <laughs> this, it was a not blurred mug. And then when I got home, I said, Oh, I'm a rube. I get it. I'm a rube. But look, I'm wearing the I'm wearing the hoodie anyway. I think you've been learning some new words while you've been away. Well, you don't know rube? No. How can you be a magician and not know what a rube is? It's an Australian what, what can, thing. What can I say? So, um, <laughs> anyway, um, in that hey, you asked time for this, you asked true. for this, brother. This is what I wanted. This is what I wanted. The real stuff, you know. Um, I've been doing gigs. Uh, I wrote down a couple of notes of, of interesting things that kind of happened. Um, I did a repeat show for a client. Um, from last year. And one of the things they said was, um, they loved you. It was really great. We want to book you again, but it is the same audience. So we're going to need a different show. Is that okay? And I was like, yeah, cool. No worries. And then, uh, it was like the week of the event. I'm like, oh yeah, I got to do a different stage show. What, um, I should really think about this. And what I ended up doing was, was doing a mixture of a couple of things I knew I didn't do in the show. Cause I vlogged the event last year. This was kind of cool. I was able to watch my show that I did for them last year and know exactly the things I did. And then um, I basically did my old show that I used to do before coming up with this stuff that I really like. So I kind of got to go back and do my B show, I guess you'd call it. And do you feel um, you need to change a substantial amount of material on a, even like the first repeat? I would think you could do pretty much the same show, huh? I, you would think so, but it was like exactly the same audience mm -hmm. that had seen me like one year ago. Yeah. Um, so I at, least, I at least wanted to give them different visuals, I guess. Pardon me for interrupting your story, but do you, do you keep track of that in, in some form? And if so, how? Like, how do you, do you keep track of a show list of some sort for each show per client? Look, I have one show that I'm doing now that I'm the most happiest with. So it's always that show. Mm -hmm. So depending on what year I did for them, I can kind of be like, oh, yeah, I wasn't you doing this that. effect yeah. yet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But um, for example, like, you know, five years ago when I was doing shows, I loved doing – this is um, something that Colin Cloud put out, uh, a limited PDF thing. And it's, and it's a three-person drawing duplication prediction that's also mixed with uh, – like the chair, uh, what's it called? The um, the color chair plot, where it's like they can sit wherever they want, but like you've met, like you've predicted where they would sit, kind of thing. Yeah, super. So fun. the idea is like I have these three envelopes, three people on stage. They can they can mix them up and hand them out to whomever they want. They draw a picture onto their envelope. The audience judges how good their drawing is. That's my favorite part. And then when they open the envelope and unfold the paper it matches like I've drawn myself the same picture they've just drawn on there. So that that's like the, what the audience sees. And I used to do this for a long time. And then I it wasn't until like COVID started coming in that I was like, oh, it's going to be hard to try and get three people up on stage. Um, um, and so I kind of left it. So I was like, okay, there's a few things that I didn't do in the last few years that I can probably bring back again. And the other thing for this show that I, I really had to change stuff for is because it's in a room that I've worked before and it's like a long room. And um, so the audience is to the sides of you, not really in front. And it, 
I basically had to do my show from the dance floor. So I did a lot of my show standing on a chair and then, uh, I pulled, I pulled out, uh, I still have in my, in my cupboard, um, Anthony Linden's, uh, suit jacket escape. And I haven't done that for so long, but I was like, you know what? This is the perfect place. I'm surrounded. I need to be in the middle. I need people to see like a visual they didn't see last year. And, uh, it was a lot of fun to bust that out again. It, it's, it's, uh, it, you know, it does well as a, as a routine. Um, I've always back- thought that would kill on the street, like that routine escaping from your suit jacket. It's kind of symbolic as well out there. In my yeah. opinion, you could, yeah, absolutely. With a absolutely. tube of cloth, you know, I don't know what you're using for that. Or do, do you have like a square deal? Is that what it is? My, so mine, came with it uh yeah mine came with it it's there's there's no metal structure in it but the material is basically a square with handles so once the spectators hold their corners and go up it's it's a whole thing yeah yeah, see that on the street two spectators holding that thing come on you know bunch of nonsense going on yeah i wonder if people i wonder if people do that on the street i I mean i i I haven't seen anyone i'm gonna write that down yeah. <laughs> well, I've got one if you if you need one. <laughs> I've used it once now in the last probably four or five years. Um, but when, <clears throat> so it used to be a main bit in my show because I was like always doing close-up bits and trying to make it play bigger. And then when I, when it first came out, I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. Um, <clears throat> but unfortunately, so did like five other people. So it, it just became way too common here in Brisbane too many people were doing it so I put it in the cupboard but it was great to bust it out again and and I remember Nick bringing it up <clears throat> on the podcast and uh <clears throat> he's written in going yeah my routines in my are in my calendar so I can backtrack what I did prior that's a great use as well nice very nice uh so anyway I did that and um it all worked out it's just kind of fun to do some of these older routines I haven't done in a while the, the next thing I did was, uh, I haven't done one of these for a while, but uh, last week I got to do a trade show gig in Sydney. And um, going there, uh, I was looking forward to the gig, but I also wanted to try and vlog like all the stuff I was doing. <laughs> Doug, I know my story isn't that funny. <laughs> no, I was reading Brendan's, <laughs> Brendan Dooley's comment. I was, actually, I was working with a straight jacket ac- actually on the, at the fair, but... <clears throat> I'm assuming we're in sarcasm mode, and pardon me for laughing at our uh, chatters, but no laugh. not funny. And by the way, <laughs> if Nick or Dallas is watching this, your act rocks, and that jacket is done uh, excellently with with tension and drama. I loved it. Fifty feet of chain, and it's like a rock show. I digress. Please continue, Mister Nor- Norbito. Maybe we'll talk more about the fair later, but I'm no, going to try getting, and avoid it. We're definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely getting to the fair for sure for sure but slowly slowly but slowly that's right yeah so i yeah so i knew i was going to sydney to do this trade show gig but i wanted to film it but i knew i wouldn't get to film the actual gig i was doing so i was trying to find drama or interesting things i could film and that's one of the vlogs i have also put up that you haven't watched doug <laughs> but um <clears throat> some of the friends in the chat friend, have put up i'm not the worst friend i'm here 
No, no, no. Yeah, absolutely. I'm here. Yeah, you made it. You're definitely in the in the top two. <laughs> All right. Um, out of you and Jason, <clears throat> you're definitely <laughs> one of them. So, my, my attendance record is better, at least anyway. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If I had a dollar every time Jason slept in, I'd have five, maybe five bucks, at least five bucks. Okay. So I'm going to Sydney. I'm vlogging everything. And the first cool thing that happened was um, I accidentally booked my hotel for the wrong date. So I got there and it's actually not booked for like two weeks ahead. So now I need to get a hotel room and they're at like 97% capacity. Oh, baby. Real world problems. Oh, yeah. So um, basically they only had one room left, one style of room left, and it's an additional 200 bucks because it's like a king size room or whatever. Wow. And I'm like, damn it, I'm going to have to take this room. So I say yes. I'm like, fine, I'll book this goddamn room. But in Sydney, they have um, a casino known as The Star, and it was only a 10-minute walk from that hotel. So it's 11 in the morning, and I get the bright idea that, hey, if I go and win $200 right now, then technically this room upgrade is free. Makes sense right? to me. So I start vlogging it. I tell the story. I go into the casino and they let me in with like my backpack and everything. I, I was um, really not prepared to like be dressed to go into the casino, but it's 11 a.m. They, you know, they'd rather just have people in there, I guess. Yeah. So, so I go in, <clears throat> I sit down to play blackjack. It's a $10 minimum table and I take in $100. No, I take in $200, but I only play with $100. Are you filming and the blackjack? No, I didn't film the actual game. <clears throat> yeah. I filmed a little bit inside the casino, like just walking, yeah. like just they on the phone. They frown on that. They frown for on that. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, play blackjack. I'm probably playing for like, I'm enjoying myself. I'm probably playing for like an hour and I'm slowly building it up. And I get to, I've gone over, under this and that, moved around a bit, but I'm at a point now where I'm up $100, right? I'm in the green, 100 bucks. <clears throat> and I'm going to leave soon. So I'm like, all right, let me just bet this next hand just that that $100. So if I win, I've done it. And if I lose, I still haven't spent any money here. And I freaking lose. Ooh. And I'm like, okay. Damn. Haven't, haven't, still haven't spent any money in the casino. So I cash out and I'm about to leave. But I'm like, this is really not a good story to say that I'm going to try and win $200. And then I leave without having lost or won any personally. So then I, I walk, Yeah. So then I walk straight to the roulette table and I don't even look at what numbers have come up. I just go, boom, $200 on black. That way I will for sure know right now if I've upgraded for free or if this room is now costing me $400. But to my, uh, to my luck, I won, baby. Yeah. I won. Victory. It landed on black. And I, and I, ah, oh, man. Now, now that's it was a the best, story. It was the best fucking feeling. And wow. then, so then I, I go it. back to the hotel, pay for this upgrade for free. And it's all good. And I, and I captured my reaction and stuff coming out of the casino. And that, so that was awesome. So I got, now I got this upgraded room. It's free. Cool. And now I have this story. It was really fun. Um, and then I'm just looking at what else I wrote. And then, yeah, so I do this trade show gig. Fun gig. Uh, I forget what it's like um, doing a trade show in that 
everything else other than magic really isn't very good at at uh, drawing attention to a booth. So as soon as I as soon as I started performing, um, I put up a few photos on on my socials that people can find. But uh, yeah, the crowd just drew straight in. It was um, piece of cake. It was good fun. That that felt like it flew by. And then uh, the other thing that's also in the vlog is I met up with my friend Adam Axford, who we've had on the podcast, and uh, actually has his book launch today. Um, he put out a book called Riddles, uh, Riddle and Rhyme, which he uh, gifted me. What are you Here doing at the trade show? Are you promoting rhyme. a product, trying to get leads for your client, just entertaining the aisle? What's your role there? Yeah, so, so this... This event was a basically a tech event um, and like in a software space. And this was the networking part of the night where just everyone, it, it, it's very typical that it happens on the first night. Um, and so everyone walks around with drinks and stuff and they just talk to all the different store, like all the exhibitors. So it was that kind of environment. It was basically like a cocktail party but you're just kind of staying within the exhibitor. So they just yeah, basically wanted to build brand, I guess. So there's um, not hard selling, no hard sales going on in your environment right there. No, like a yeah. few taglines with magic and, and, and a few moments yeah. of getting people to chant like the brand. Sure. Um, but that, yeah, that was basically it. Like, yeah, they were capturing people's, um, um, on everyone's lanyard, they had like a QR code or something. So people were, yeah, people were entering these drawers that they'll do giveaways, but but it was ma- yeah, it was mainly just branding. They just wanted um, everyone to see everyone at their stand. I think. Um, what about yeah. getting your merch into that giveaway? You ever do that deal where you're like, I provide magic giveaways for you, and then you double dip? That's pretty cool. We- I don't I don't know that it would be appropriate with this trade show, like because they've obviously paid a ton of money to have their stand yep. there and 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 things like that so i probably couldn't get my stuff in there but i don't know man it's a cool idea i mean the good thing is this client has also booked me to now go back to sydney at the end of this month and 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 facilitate a whole day conference for them so it's definitely worked out of my favor like me doing that and being there and, and all that stuff but uh but i don't have any merch anyway to sell <laughs> so i guess i don't have to worry well, the idea you would sell them on a branded giveaway for their company, you know, something that their customer takes away that does magic or is magic related, maybe something they take home to their kids. They're mm. always trying to get these things in people's hands with their <clears throat> brand on it, you know. Yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, they were they were giving out these, um, they made these little superhero Legos that were branded to their... Uh, company see there that should be a magic trick here take this home show your kid the trick yeah so people got to take these home with them so this has like their logo on it and 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 stuff yeah um so that yeah they like they would you know give these away as little tokens but you know and i, and I was able to have like a, a playing card like held in it and things like that just messing around uh but just quickly so I caught up with Adam, and in the vlog, uh, you see him talk about his book, and so he gave me this one. Yeah, what is that? You were so. What is that? Yeah, so it's fifty-two riddles. That it's like a coffee table book, um, 
lots of riddles, but <clears throat> only the riddles are in here. If you want to get the answers, you have to scan a QR coding, go to a site if you want to actually find out the answers without figuring out yourself. Um, and then he's put in some cool little tidbits for magicians. Like, for example, on page 27, if it will come up, on the other side, there's also a, a playing card that comes up, which is the uh, two of clubs. And so that happens on every page, which magicians will kind of get out of a book with 52 pages on it, what that uh, can kind of represent. Is that is, also a book test? Uh, please, you could probably use it as a book test. Yeah. I mean, he his plan is to use this in his shows and it be his actual book, you know? Um, Does that have Sven Galley properties? No, this doesn't, no. Like, it, it's mainly because he's more of a, he loves to write and he loves to create rhymes and um, rhyming patter in his shows, but this is just something that oh, he loves. Okay. So, so if I can show one, for example, it may, this might be too bright. But so he writes these himself, all of these, uh, these riddles. And um, anyway, you guys can check it. it out. AdamAxford.com, uh, I'm pretty sure is his website. But um, yeah. It was cool to, to catch up with him, see what he's doing. He's sort of taking different routes in magic and trying different things. And because he's he's the guy also in Australia that really cleaned up with uh, Zoom shows when they happened. He pivoted so well and so quick that um, it, it's insane. Like, yeah, We're, he was telling me a little bit about it, like the the, the financial side, and it was just ridiculous. All right, I think we all want to. Look, we're at 25 minutes. I think we all want to get into uh, the thumbnail of this episode and why you, got, why you guys came tuned in today. Oh, that's not true. And uh, so, first of all, how long were you at the Louisiana State Fair? Because you were gone for a while, and I've never heard of fairs going for longer than a weekend. Yeah, so there was three weekends. I arrived uh, on a Tuesday beforehand. So I did Wednesday to, I don't know, 20 days, something like that. Something like that. That's crazy. And I was not in a $200 a night hotel room. I was at Sam's Town. That's right. Sam's Town. Okay. What does Sam's Town mean? Is that is that like a... It's one of the Boyd properties, which if you look up the casino properties, we have like Caesars, you know, Harrah's and the Wynn, you know, Mirage. And then there's Boyd is down here a little bit. It's down there a little bit. And uh, apparently Shreveport was a thriving casino uh, community. There's like on the riverfront, four or five major, they have like Margaritaville, Bally's, Boomtown, and Samstown, which was one of the original casinos. And I'm sure was quite the to-do in the day. Okay. Uh, <laughs> in the day. Keyword. In this day and age, I would hazard a guess that at least during the weekdays, and I was there every day, and I saw it every day, the weekdays, probably the homeless out outnumber the guests at the hotel across the street. So Right. So but you know, this a is little a little concerning. Yeah, you know. Yeah, to the point where it's like when I'm walking out of the hotel, I'm bringing the care package with me because I know someone's gonna ask me for something. And I'm like, here's something. Here's some Sphingali bananas deck. and some cereal bars and some water. And a Sphingali. God bless the wonderful people who booked me. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity. Uh, you know, and this fair has been uh, a heyday of an event, but it's not 
currently that. So uh, let's start there. It's been it's been a challenging couple of weeks going into Shreveport away from home for the first time in uh, years. Right, this is coming out of COVID for me. I haven't had an extended contract, so let's double down on the challenge as I leave yeah. my comfort of this magic cave and my my best friend and wife who I love dearly and uh, tromp off to Shreveport unknown so parts. So you went solo to this? Yeah, well, she like, drove me up there and we said goodbye. And it's the okay. first time we've been apart uh, since we got married and before that for years. So Wow. And how long was to, the drive? Uh, we're, it's about five hours. Okay. All so right, I'm with you. Far enough where it's, you know, you're not making this drive just for fun. Yep. Yep. Okay. So you get there. Whee. You're like, yeah, great. I'm going to do magic at the state fair. Wicked. Day, day one, I get the new guy. I like. I realize the new guy gets the news spot, so I have to wake up at four thirty in the morning to go out to do the news. And hey, we're at the fair. The magician's going to be here, Doug Kahn. and uh, it's like forty-five degrees that day. First cold day we've had in Louisiana since summer. It's like I'm out there trying to not freeze. You know, forty-five's chilly. Yikes! So that's how it all started, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did my thing <laughs> on the news. Yeah. Uh, were you getting the weather was bad from, on the first weekend, so it didn't get uh, off to a good start, and I don't feel like it improved greatly from there. Good, all uphill. Did you get recognized much at, from your content? A lot, a bunch. Okay. That's cool. Yes, that's got to feel nice. Very, very much so. You know, I guess, let me say this. If there was an interesting uh, perspective, it's that I think this. I was expecting to go into an environment where, uh, unlike street performing, I was expecting an audience that was going to be super receptive to what I had to offer. You know, in, a, in the street, and particularly in New Orleans, quite often, uh, you have to clamor for every moment of attention, takes every power in the toolkit to keep people watching you. So I was looking forward to going to the fair where this wouldn't be a problem and I could just have lollygaggers enjoying my art. It turned out to be quite challenging, even more so than what I'm used to. And I'm sure part of this is my skill set being weak and uh, uh, <laughs> fighting some of the environment, you know, the weather. I'm out there when it wasn't cold. It was, and this was most of the time, it was an 87 degree temperature and no shade. I fought to find shade constantly. So the weather was a challenge. And here I am whining about, you know, getting to do the best job in the world, magic tricks. And I did my job and I made smiles and it was magical most of the time, but it was hard work. Whew. You did a really good job with um, capturing the what looked like, you know, the essence of the fair with your with your 360. At least, at least, if anything, you got to really put that into practice and use that a ton, right? So I did have growing moments. I would say just the process of doing this was a growing thing and doing the content on the road. I expected it to be. Uh, stronger content but i did what i could and i tried you know i think as long as you keep trying especially when you're doing what i'm doing and trying to eke out a living producing media for the internet mm. 
maybe there's not an option. You know, I, I would like this to be my job. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to try harder. Oh, here we go. There's a great question. Scotty P let's talk about, let's, let's answer this question. How'd yeah. you go Did with you, selling those decks? I, I brought them to I the brought, fair. So let's take a look at this. I'll show y'all. This is what, uh, this is what a case of unopened Svengali decks looks like. 144 <laughs> of them. Yeah. This is Thick. one of, uh, two that I brought with me. The other one's over half empty, but man, failure. I am not a pitchman. I don't, there was probably the opportunity to sell these things. I wasn't the guy to do it. So and why was that? You just to answer you your just, question. And was that just because you were just kind of exhausted after the day or like throughout the day? You just, cause I know what it's like when <clears throat> I have the intention of filming like a, a show and a gig and stuff. And then as soon as any stress or any time restraints get in the way, it's the first thing to go. I'm like, no, I just got to do the thing that I'm here to do. <clears throat> Is that a similar vibe with the Sphingalis? Like you just kind of, it sounds like you had to work hard to get these crowds and stuff. So you just focused on that and you're like, yeah, I don't have time to try and sell these decks at the same time. Yeah, I continued to try to sell them. Uh, impossible at $10 a deck. And I just, you know, eventually stopped trying. And when people were generous to me, I gave them away is what I did. So I did have some generous tips and some, I had some really quality experiences there. I don't want to just crap on my whole thing. And like I said, there were some great moments. And let me tell you the last couple of days there, the weather was, it was a little chilly. We had a cold front and the crowds were out. They had like veterans day where veterans got in free. And so it was a robust crowd and it was thrilling to be in this environment and it was, but at this point I had, I had fought the battle and I was, you know, ready to go home. And when it yeah. could have shined the brightest, I was just ready to collect my pay and leave. And I did that as promptly as possible that Sunday, it's about 4 PM where I had another night at the Sam's town could have enjoyed the casino with my wife and gambled. And we loved doing that. Uh, we didn't at all. We just went home that evening. Hmm. I think and uh, Nick, I think we talked about this, but did you do this at all, Doug? Nick said, yeah, why don't you I did. put it in your hat line? That was the original, that was the original idea. Mm -hmm. And I thought I would probably just do that on weekends and keep it at 10 the rest of the time. 10 was too much. On, uh, here, here, let me speak on this briefly. And that's that much like the streets of New Orleans, everyone at the fair wants your dollar, right? Everybody, the corn dog guy, the ticket guy, it's a dollar to go see the reptile show. The sea lion guy wants $15 for the picture. There's the, the vendor hall where they have all the demonstrators. They all want your money. Everybody wants your money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you see the guy with his hat out and he's got decks out. Well, he wants your money too. Maybe we don't spend as much time with him. So, uh, and knowing that these vendors are here, I had to tread lightly because I was told I could sell anything, but then I'm set up in front of a guy selling shirts behind me. Am I going to go into full pitch mode? I'm not because I am a professional and I know this guy has paid a thousand dollars to be here. So I also had to not do, you know, a full on pitch. Uh, yeah. at least that was my choice. Yeah. yeah right. 
so yeah uh yeah so uh, yeah eventually i just eliminated it from my mindset didn't have to worry about it and i uh know that i have options i i know i am one of the best one of my best friends is one of the best Svengali pitchmen in on this planet we're gonna go sell these decks and i'm gonna film it you can see what that looks like when a professional goes to work i'll tell my sad story in a vlog and, and you can see Beautiful. Warpo. You can see Warpo yeah. sell decks. He knows what he's doing. All right, I'm keen. I mean, yeah. if, if, if nothing else, you got great content from being there. So that's yeah. Still, I'm gonna I'm gonna win somehow, but I still have to pay Murphy's twelve hundred dollars for these things. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I mean, the other thing about fairs is like you go there knowing you you're spending money. Like it's not like a surprise to people. Yeah. Like we have a fair here that is even just to get in is expensive. It's like. I don't even know what the echo yeah. is, guys, that are in the well, chat, but it's like 50 bucks or something or $40. This is where I'm saying like the weekends I experienced last weekend where families were paying that to get in or it was a family vetted audience, literally with veterans, great. But mm. on weekdays, it's uh, school groups with three and four-year-olds and also this. It's uh, free parking and free admission before 3 p.m. So they're trying to attract an audience early in the day and they're mm. offering gratis. Come on in. It's free to park. It's free to get in. Yeah. And who who is coming to that show? The people <laughs> that can't afford the ticket. And now what? And this yeah. is in a, a city that has seen better days. Like many great cities in this country, Shreveport's not doing well, right? So, uh, yeah. We had right. fun. We didn't make a lot of money. But we had fun. And it was challenging sometimes to have fun, but I can't imagine anyone has anything bad to say about the time they spent with me. Mm. Um, you don't have to, obviously we're not talking numbers, but like if you weren't to get tips from people, was it from what they paid you to be there? Was it still, would that have still, you know, sort of covered things and been worth you being there? Or was it like quite heavily reliant? I think it's on a pretty good gig for someone that doesn't have their mindset to be doing much bigger things. Okay. My mindset's like, let's go to the moon. And instead I was at Sam's town for three weeks and yeah. I couldn't even like, it was a, it was a you know, not the moon. <laughs> I tried to think about the moon while I was there. I just couldn't even do, do anything about it. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, thanks, Scotty. Yeah, the, the echo we have here at our showgrounds is $50 an adult uh, to get in. And then you pay for all your rides. You pay for mm -hmm. every show bag you want. You've, but but they do have certain shows that are – I mean, they have a massive grand show in a stadium that, that is free, like fireworks and monster trucks and things like that, flying pigs. Uh, let me speak but, about the positives of the State Fair of Louisiana because when oh, you please. do pay to get in <laughs> – you get a full-on circus, like uh, that's usually a big tent circus. It was out in the open. They started doing it that way for COVID. It's beautiful. They have a full bike show, you know, BMX bikes. They have a zoo. They have a sea lion show, uh, right. an array of midway performers like yours truly, clowns, robots, my good friends, Arson, the break dancer, and Dallas, the fire guy, and Nick Steinbeck, who does the escape and uh, other amazing things. So you get a pretty good value, right? For coming in this beautiful fair. Yeah. 
but yeah, it's super expensive after that. Like, I think I think out of all that, I'm surprised to hear you're friends with a breakdancer because I've always thought breakdancers and magicians would battle. <laughs> always have on the street. I never imagined I'd befriend one. This <clears throat> man is a shining light. I, I okay. was super happy to meet oh, Arson. Awesome. I enjoyed that clip. Yeah. Man, his show had, oh, I bet you would. Yeah. His show has just nothing but good energy and positive vibes. He's really empowering a child in this show and giving an audience a chance to reflect on humanity. And uh, none mm. of the quite often bluntly racism humor that is found in a, a breakdance show, at least in America, it's, you know, I don't say race, it's racist, but they use, like they use race jokes on themselves over and over and over. And, yeah. you know, they get white guys up to dance and they're like, come on, white guys, get with the rhythm. And it's, you know, I'm all fun with that, but, you know, don't yeah, make yeah. your whole show about it. But what about a show that doesn't have any of that? Because it doesn't need it. You know, it's, yeah. you can do a great hip hop show and just make it super positive. And, you do know? Good shit. My, my favorite, my favorite breakdance show was at Universal Studios in Singapore because they're the they're some of the elite breakdancers and they're just there to do cool routines and look like superheroes. And then, you know, people want to get photos with them afterwards. And that was like the best show I'd seen. They had people from different countries, like as the, the crew that were there, that was the best one I'd ever seen. Cause they were all like top tier. They didn't have, obviously they're not busking either. So they don't have to spend 20 minutes trying to build a crowd and get people clapping and whatever. They can just um, make some noise and then just get into it. But, hey, and he's you know, also doing flares. a solo show. Well, while he does work with other people more often than not, this was a one-man dance experience. That's cool too. Well done. Yeah. And and even better because then you're not splitting your tips between 10 people, which has got to be a struggle. Yeah. Like no wonder you got to go hard at it when, yeah, it's for like 10, 8, 10, 12 people sometimes. Tigger T asked you, Doug, who is the most interesting person you've met at a fair? The shirt. Uh, I met a guy. I'm sitting there. I'd done my thing. I'm sitting there. This guy comes up to me, and I'd performed magic for this guy the day before. It's a gruff individual. He was in the same clothes. He sits down next to me wearing workman's clothes, but his, a little thing peeks out, and it says Carney Life on it. He was giving me compliments after being gruff on day one. He says, I like your approach, man. You do this with respect. You do good work out here. I'm like, oh, what's your story? Yeah, I'm, I'm cowboy. <laughs> hey, cowboy. <laughs> and uh, uh, you work in the midway here? Yeah, I'm working. How long you been working the midway? He tells me this. I've been 51 years. What? Working said, the fair? I said, you don't look that old. And he said, I was born on the Midway. Whoa. Holy crap. I was crap. born on the Midway. Some of these guys, these guys that stay in these uh, campers where there's like eight, there's normally one person lives in these camper, but there's like eight cabins and there's a couple of them in there in each one. These hardcore carny guys. Whoa. They're not, they're not smiling too much, but I like this shirt though. I got a couple things from this guy. So he's just part of like a Connie family. Like it's just, that's what, you know, does. very much like that, you know, like the circus also runs the reptile show and we're parking behind the scenes and getting to meet all these people, you know, and then the robot guy, 
super interesting. Did you see the robot clip I posted with this guy? Uh, he's like think. eight foot tall. It looked like a transformer, uh, I think. Yeah, he's like his eyebrows, his mouth moves, his fingers all move. Uh, he drives wow. around on a scooter. He changes his music, and it's all it's amazing. And he gets paid very well for it, as he should. It was one of the best things at the fair, as far as ambient entertainment goes. Rocket, wow. good guy. He 3D prints his own stuff. Bob, you would love this guy, Bob Possible. He does carbon fiber 3D printing. He constructed his own conveyor belt to 3D print these robot parts to construct his very unique <laughs> performance piece. Love wow. this guy. Wow. Yeah. Rocket. That's crazy. So he was probably the most interesting. Yeah. There's your answer, Tigger. That guy. What a. Damn. I'll have to look again at that content now that I know that backstory a little bit more. The other thing I was thinking about too is like the carny life, you know, we might think of it as like a surprise. Like, whoa, you like, that's what you do. And, and, you know, I think what they've done though is they've been able to like when you do something like that or join the circus, travel with the circus, you like you escape the matrix that is like the nine to five job, right? Like you sort of get to do things you on know, your terms and and very much so. Like these people have been on the road. This was the end of their season, <clears throat> which has been going since April. They've been on the road literally doing this for months on end. I was watching the animal show. It's interesting. And maybe more so to people in this country, they took a time out of their show, which I thought was totally inappropriate, but I'll tell this story because it could be important to people of uh, kindred spirits that uh, animal acts are on the verge of being prohibited in this country of moving out of state. So uh, in the middle of this circus animal show, they were like, We'd love to show you our tigers. We'd love to show you our monkeys, but your state will not let us bring our animals into this arena. And if you do not like this, let me tell you about the Lacey Act, which is threatening us from taking our show out of our state at all. Took about five minutes for them to talk about this political bit, which at a fair and you got an audience of children, this is not in my opinion, what you want your animal show to have, do whatever you can with whatever animals you have. They had camels. They had camels. It was a good show. I mean, no circus in in Australia can, like, has animals anymore. You know, there's no elephants, lions. Hey, I get it. It's it's a sign of the times. And yeah, maybe you got to keep your animals at home. Don't tell your audience that at that time. Boo. Yeah, it's like magicians. Coronas. It's like magicians not working with doves anymore. Like no one does dove acts in Australia for corporate audiences, at least some kids shows, but cause adults just feel, you know, everyone's woke and everyone's, we know the deal that, you know, everyone's just like, Oh, how is it treated? And this and that. So I, I just, I'm just going the, the other direction. Yeah. <laughs> no, I am. Everyone's going left. I'm going right with the doves. You're going to bring it back. Into your um, into your lives. Oh yeah. There we go. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Do I have a? I think I have a um, a dove sound. I brought this prop with me to break it in. I didn't take it out of the box one time. I was so uninspired. (laughs) Uh. Yep. 
fold him back up. You would think you would think I could have fun with the rubber dove. You know, I could at least bust it out and do uh, $40 worth of entertainment, at least get the tax write off. Yeah. Te- technically, I just did. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, now, like now it is documented. Yeah. Thank but- you, Internet. <laughs> and you got to pack some 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 uh, feathers in them. Like my buddy Joel Fenton. So when you kick it, all the feathers fly out as well. I was trying to get, I was planning on being creative with it. Didn't happen. I know the gags. I could do any of the gags. Yeah. Have you used one in any of your reels yet? No. No. (laughs) So this is new content then. (laughs) This will be new content. It's piling up. I have tons yeah. of new content piling up around me. <clears throat> a, a lot of latex things, especially. Yep. So, how have you been feeling about the uh, the old online content lately? Horrible. Whether it's yours horrible. or what's, you that's know. how I feel horrible about it. Okay. I'm <laughs> I'm sensing a theme here, Doug. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Doug needs a holiday. I I do. I'm, and guess what? I'm going to be taking one, a very long one, in December. By necessity mm. and design. So we better have episode 100 before early December because there's a good chance you guys like don't see me for a few weeks Yeah, towards the end of December. I'm thinking what might be needed, which is, which is very common with podcasts, is you take the end of the year off and you come back like in February or something once you've lined up guests and stuff for the, the next year. That could be very possible because I know I've got so much work on from now from now till like christmas is pretty bananas like i'll be gigging after today i'll be gigging every day for the rest of the week there's one week where it's just like insane and uh that'll be challenging even for me to get on on the pod let alone jason being you know with the cia or whatever and you having your holiday and as it should be yeah but we can definitely get to at least 100 the episode 100, because that's we're only two away from that, you know? So that's got to happen. What if we didn't? Um, what if we just did 99 and left everyone hanging? <laughs> well, lo- I mean, Logan Paul did 99 originals, his uh, NFT project. So 99 is not so bad. I was happy to see him on the WWE last weekend. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, Tigger, look, I'm good. The only the only thing about me not being okay is if I wasn't self-aware to know thing when things need to change. I'm good and change is challenging and it's coming for me in more ways than one. Yeah. And tonight I'm just venting a bit. I've been stuck in a hotel room for a few weeks and haven't talked to anyone aside from my wife. She's heard about about it. And there's been great positive things. I'm super inspired to be a better magician right now. I'm like so inspired to be a better me. Like if there's anything that went wrong, that was my fault over the last few weeks, first of all, apologies to those who booked me. And second of all, look out y'all. I'm going (laughs) to, cause I'm going to be a much better me in 2023. You'll see. Yeah. I'm inspired to do better. Do you have any particular plans for 23? That you've yes i do yes i do yes uh uh, two things on youtube i'm going to explain everything i know about sleight of hand magic so that's going to happen 
And I'm also going to develop my 45 minute show over the course of that year. So those All two right. things. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. I w- that's awesome, man. I was those are good goals, up- right? Totally. Totally. What um, about you for 2023? You lining up some stuff? Well, one thing is I'm ready to head back to Magic Live. That's for damn sure. Yeah. That's going to be in August next year. Um, I've not gone to it for long enough now. So that I can't wait to freaking finally head to. And then I can see hopefully Blaine's show still running at uh, in Vegas and um, Arzi wins in a circle. I just saw that that just got extended till February. But, you know, in a perfect world, that would still be going by the time... Um, Magic life happens. I'm doing convention mania next year. I've got four on the books already, including the Society of American <laughs> Magicians. Super excited about that. Yeah. Awesome. Also, the Texas Association of Magicians. That's a great convention. So, yeah, I can see. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And why wouldn't people want to get you on board? You know, not only do you do good shit, but obviously you're, you would be a draw, somewhat of a draw card because you've got a lot of eyeballs on you at the same time. Makes That's sense to me. Say. Makes when sense to this, me. I'm yeah. still available for bookings. Magic Live. Are you listening, yeah. Magic Live? I'm available. <laughs> How many, uh, when people saw you at the fair, because the cool thing about that is that people who recognize you, like, at least you get to be more open to like, oh, these are actual humans watching. Like these numbers are like people like this, like watching my stuff. Love it. You know, it's not just all numbers and digits and algorithms you know that's got to be cool did you get a lot of people want to take uh the selfie with you or an adequate amount and you know sensing genuine enthusiasm from people is just cool right like you know yeah yeah nick i'm happy to have that in my life yeah that's got to be a good feeling uh nick yeah hell yeah nick's keen for magic live as well we were both there the same year, uh, 2018, I think it was. Yeah, Tell you listeners, yeah. if you're in the States, the best chance to see me probably is at the Gator Gate gathering in January where, where I will just be attending the convention. It's in Orlando. It's a small event. It's not overpopulated. There'll be some cool guys there, and I'll be there just hanging out. So that's it uh, in Orlando, the Gator Gate gathering. They have a website. You need more information. Use Google. Come on, it's the 2022. Just find I, it. I hadn't even heard of that. <clears throat> that just sounds nosh. I um, haven't gone to just hang at a convention in a long time, and then we're also going to go do Universal, go see uh, Harry Potter World and such. Cool. So that'll just be fun. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go be a tourist. How far is Vegas from you? Do, is it a few flights? So we can do it from New Orleans. It's a what a two-hour flight maybe, but it's far. But our our airports go there, you know, all the time. Piece of cake. Yeah, it is a piece of cake. We're 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 looking to go. We were uh, Garth Brooks is starting a residency at Caesars, and we're trying to line up our anniversary to see his show. Love Garth Brooks. Would love to see him at a resort in a you know Caesars Palace. Sounds like fun. Does your anniversary happen to be in August? No, it's in June. God damn it. But look, right. 
I am going to manifest magic live and I'm going to manifest huge success next year where I can do whatever I want, no matter what happens. Yeah. I want to go to magic live. So I hope to see you there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can see us drinking whiskey, you know, playing some, uh, some of the game, the, the tables there maybe. And just, uh, yeah, we'll go put our whole, uh, roll like on that. black and just do that thing. Hey, it works. That, that, that's got to be one of the funniest sights is because when you come down the escalator down from the convention, there's like the main bar that everyone hangs out at that people, magicians even turn up to that aren't registered for the convention because sure. it's just in the casino. Sure. And then the main strip of tables are blackjack. And so you'll come down and just see 80 magicians <laughs> all playing blackjack. And like, you know, David Penn was just there playing and like, they you know, know all, all these guys. And the funny thing with the the New Orleans casino is you can play blackjack, but they let you hold the two cards, which for me is so weird because yeah, you can that's never ludicrous. You can never touch them. So all I could I couldn't help but doing was just bottom palming the bottom card. <laughs> like just <laughs> like not not to do anything, but just because I could, you know. Um yeah, it's I'd be that surprised really, if they're still really doing that in this day and age, letting you handle the cards like that, especially after COVID. Yeah, I mean, and especially them knowing they were like eight. I've seen games magicians. like that, right? But do they, they like shuffle after every other hand or something like that. There's a lot, a lot of shuffling going on. Yeah. It's a snooze well, yeah. fest. <clears throat> it was all manual shuffling. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when there's 1,800 magicians in the casino, wouldn't you take some kind of other measures to – to protect your um your games, I don't know. Maybe they don't care that much. They don't care. Come on, yeah. fellas, you think you know something? Come on, <clears throat> play a little blackjack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bob, you say I'm going to get kicked out quickly, but but uh, I, th- that is what I was doing. Um, when I went last time, I played blackjack and I was just bottom palming the card, but I wasn't going under the table or whatever. I was just just mucking around in my hand. Um, yeah, no one cared. No one. I didn't get kicked out. The if anything, I'm always doing muscle passes and manipulation with the poker chips, but that just gets um, the attention of the dealer in a fun way. Like the tables, like they're like, what? Do it again. And it's just a fun. I, I often do magic novelty. with chips at the table. It comes up. What do you do for a living? I'm a magician. I'll, I'll do chip tricks and yeah. vanishes. And I've yeah. even done the matrix with poker chips there at a table. That's awesome. It's only if you start loading chips on after a win or, or whatever. Yeah, well, you know, right off the reach. bat, you're going to be under the radar after that. Yeah. You know what actually happened when I was playing blackjack at, at this casino? They must put their new dealers or their newer dealers on during the day and because this was only a $10 table. And and more. I reckon this happened at least three times where if you hit blackjack, I was playing, they call it um, blackjack challenge. So the rules are just a little bit different. But if you get blackjack on just your first two cards, you win uh, double. So if I put down ten dollars, they would give me twenty dollars back, and I would um, take the winnings and I would leave my original bet there. And he would keep playing the round, so he'll he'll pay that out straight away. And then he'd play the actual game. And when he's cashing people out for their wins, he would come back to mine and go, "Oh, you hit blackjack." You've got ten dollars. So I need to give you twenty dollars, and he, so he basically paid me twice. 
this idiot. <laughs> Look, this, this is one of the more prevalent ways that gamblers make a living. They find dealers that make mistakes and mm. the professionals will be back to that dealer's table over and over again, knowing yeah. that she makes errors or whatever, you know? Yeah. You can't just assume it was a she. It was a dude. <laughs> but what if it was a she as a he? Come on, well, Josh. Don't be narrow-minded. Narrow it's very, that's very possible. Very possible. But yeah, it happened like three times. And um, I mean, Love I ended it. up giving that whole $100 back at the end. So maybe, you know, who really is the winner? But yeah, well, crazy. You should tried. Crazy. But yeah, next year, look, I've had a good year this year. Um, I'm looking forward to doing more shows with the Showman Theater Tour. We have. Oh, this is good to hear. Yeah, all all of January is basically um, booked up doing shows for them, like the you know the sort of Thursday to Sunday dates. This has got to be the ideal thing, right? A theater yeah, show, for sure. Because normally, as you know, like for someone who's get, doing booked gigs for a living, January is dead most of the time. So to have uh, a schedule already for. For theaters in January is insane. So you're working with smart people, Josh. Of course, they're booking the dead time, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, they know yeah. what they're doing. Except for poor uh, Joel Fenton. Um, Joel is like the main, he's like the known circus artist here in Australia. Mm. His, his Instagram handle is Stuntman Joel. And for him, January is actually like one of his biggest earning months for busking on the Gold Coast, like pure tourist. Yeah. Okay. Area. Right. So he's the only one that's. Right. He's like, well, he's not going to do all the dates. He's going to switch in with, um, um, I think, some other. Uh, I love that but. the street can provide so well and people can make yeah. that choice to be like, you know, I'd love to, but I'm just going to go express myself freely and do better. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. Um, yeah. As and I talk so, about developing my 45-minute show in 2023, I'm very interested in being inside where people pay tickets to come see me. Yeah. Moving on. Right. Not yeah. not in 87 degree temperature. As I said, we learn things at the fair. <laughs> well, yeah. The heat is not good for anyone. Right now, it's the hottest part of our year. Yeah. So the daytime gigs that I'm doing, I'm just, yeah, just rocking a vest and just breathing a lot, taking, you know, my yeah. time, get through it. But yeah, the theme And the gig's show, fine. The, the, you know, like I got no problem going to do sets like that. It's, mm. you know, maybe weeks of it on end where we have different goals moving right. forward. Yeah. And you're in the pure sun and yeah, you want to be doing yeah, things. Yeah, not a spring chicken anymore either. Like I need to be out there baking in the sun. Baking the bacon. <laughs> All right. Look, I'm now gonna, it's yeah. overtime. I, here we are. We... Let's wrap this shindig up. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. And I feel like I've pressed the wrong one. Have I pressed <laughs> the wrong one? Yeah, I pressed the wrong one, guys. Dirce, right. Let's try again. Yes. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys.